Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the table at a dance competition? Exactly what are the judges looking for anyway? This is Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Each week, we'll cover a different topic related to the world of competitive dance from the perspective of the judges behind the table. On this week's episode of Making the Impact, Courtney is joined by Kelly and Natalie, owners of High Demand Dance Competition, to talk about what makes their events exciting and unique. Everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. I'm your host Courtney Ortiz, and I am very excited to be here today for another dance competition owner interview. I'm here with two fabulous ladies and owners of High Demand Dance Competition, Kelly and Natalie. Say hi, you guys! Hey, everyone! <laughs> yes, I'm so excited to chat with these ladies and learn about their business and competition that they've started and created. I can't wait to learn why they started a competition and a little bit more about how their competition runs and all the ins and outs. So very excited about today's interview episode. I quickly wanted to just say thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in and subscribing to our podcast. If you've been enjoying it so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a fabulous review. We would love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to send me over your questions for our monthly Q&A with Courtney episodes. I love getting all the questions in from all of the dance parents, teachers, studio owners, and I want to see even more come through because we have a lot of questions to answer and a lot of monthly episodes coming your way. So you can submit those questions directly on our website, or you can head over to our show notes after the episode is over, and you can click the link there where you can submit your question through text or audio. And you have the option to remain completely anonymous when you send your questions in, so please feel free to send them over and I will answer them live on the air. So let's get right to it. I'm very, very excited to chat with these ladies, Kelly and Natalie, the owners and directors of HD, also known as High Demand Dance Competition. (laughs) And we are going to be interviewing them today, sitting down, learning about all things HD. So to kick it off, I would love to just hear a little bit about your backgrounds from each of you, where you started, your previous dance careers in life, and then, you know, where you're at now and what you're up to. So let's start with Natalie. Hi, everyone. We're super excited to be here. So again, like Courtney said, my name's Natalie Layton, born and raised in New Jersey. I have been dancing since, I guess, really, I started walking. Um, My mom put me in class at two years old, and I never stopped. I joined a professional dance company. It was a traveling company in high school after leaving the dance competition world where I originally started. And I was doing both for a while, left the competition world. I was traveling with the company. And then after high school, I went on to college where I didn't necessarily major in dance, but it's where Kelly and I started our friendship and love for dance at Wagner College in Staten Island took dance classes every day. We were doing the whole New York City life of auditioning, taking classes. After college, I went on to choreograph for a competitive team for 11 years. While I was choreographing for a competitive team, I was also doing event planning, meeting planning, wedding planning. So Kelly and I, you know, obviously, since I'm going first, just to give you a little bit of our history, we met when we lived across the hall from each other our freshman year of college. So like I said, we instantly had a friendship. 
instantly shared our love for dance, took classes together, constantly on campus and in the city. And we always kind of talked about starting something together. So we were back and forth for, you know, years, it seems like, talking about owning a dance studio or a competition. We really didn't know exactly which direction we wanted to go because we had, you know, a love for teaching and also the competition world. And then, yeah, now it would be six years ago, we finally decided to start High Demand Dance Competition. And I took my background and passion of dance and event planning and put the two together. And now we have High Demand Dance Competition. Yes, I love that. That is so exciting. And can you just remind me, do you say that you majored in dance at school? No, you didn't. No, so originally I was going to. Unfortunately, at an early age, I had some injuries. So I decided to be a business major while just continuing to dance. I was taking classes every day, constantly auditioning, getting into whatever shows I could get into, and just making sure that I kept doing what I really loved. Like I said, having the injuries at the earlier age just made me kind of make sure that I also had something to fall back on, which is where my business and event planning background now also comes into play. Yes, absolutely. I definitely want to touch on that in a minute because I love hearing that. And I think it's very helpful to hear that you did go to school for business, but are still involved in the dance world. But before we do that, let's hear from Kelly. Tell me a little bit about your background. And now we know how you and Natalie got connected. But, you know, share a little bit about you and anything you'd love to tell the podcast world. Yes. So like you said, my name is Kelly. I've been dancing since I barely could walk. (laughs) My mom threw me right into dance and I was born and raised in Staten Island, New York. And then now I reside in Jersey. And for me, you know, my love for dance started at a really young age. I wasn't the best when I was younger. I was that kid that kind of like looked around on the stage, was just in awe of being on stage. And then as I got older, I just knew that my passion, my love, everything that dance is was exactly how I, you know, my whole life is exactly what dance was for me. Just this love, this passion, and just being part of something greater. And I always felt like I was one with dance. And I loved being part of my dance studio that I was there since I was a baby. I grew with them. I went to Wagner. And even though I went to Wagner, I actually, before I was in fourth grade, and I auditioned at a very young age. And I got the leading role as Baby June. So my stage, I was actually on Wagner stage before I even went to Wagner. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, at a young age, I just was auditioning. I was in different modeling magazines for dance. I just loved being part of dance and everything I could possibly get my hands on. And then as I got older, I knew that dance was where I was meant to be, the industry. It was my calling. I never fell more in love with something. And then when I was in high school... I actually decided to not go to LaGuardia because my parents were very adamant about me becoming, you know, making sure I went to school, making sure I got an education. And they just couldn't see past me going to LaGuardia and just taking on that role of dance just yet and really diving in fully just yet. So I went to high school. I absolutely loved my high school. I think it really developed me and gave me a chance to you know, academically get to where I needed to be for college. And I didn't think I was going to go to college, but I'm so happy I did because I met Natalie. And I also met my husband. 
which now we have a beautiful baby and we're due with our next. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yes, um, it really congrats. was at first I couldn't see past me not auditioning and becoming a professional dancer right away. Right. But now that I look back on it, it was amazing because I majored in arts administration, which is basically like the business side of theater. Mm-hmm. So before HD was even created, it was always a talk about Natalie and I about how we were going to get HD running. Either it was going to be a studio, like she said, or it was going to be a competition, but we always talked about collaborating. But before it was that, I actually worked in TV and film and uh, theater. So I would work with different actors. I was at a, at a talent agency for many years. And my love for dance and my love for just being, being able to be part of the community just really stayed strong. And college opened that door for me where I never thought that I could be anything other than a performer until I went to college and I started studying arts administration. And I realized I could take my career into many other places and continue to dance. So I auditioned, I danced, I learned, I trained, I did everything possible to keep my hands and my feet wet into the dance industry. And then I danced for several years while I was working in the talent world, talent agency world. I was a New Jersey Devils dancer for about five years and also New Jersey Ironman dancer. So yeah, so I really had a chance to get out into the crowd, dance. I danced for like four hours straight back in the day, like constantly for the hockey game. And you never <laughs> thought I couldn't even envision myself being that. But then when I was doing it, it was the coolest experience because you were just right with the crowd that performance quality, that value, and being able to be, you know, just doing your thing and having people and your fans right at your fingertips was super cool. And I enjoyed every second of it. So yeah, so now I'm a mommy, and I'm a business owner. And I still continue to teach dance. I also taught dance my basically since I was a teenager, you know, I helped the teachers out when I was younger. And then I worked for a competitive dance studio where I taught for the competitive dance team. And now I still teach at a recreational dance studio in Bergen County, which I absolutely love being able to share what I love so passionately with dancers who are just looking to have fun, get better and pursue their career. I love it. Oh my gosh. This is so exciting to hear your guys' backgrounds because I think that this is so important to kind of just chat about for a little minute and inspire all of the listeners. I think this is a helpful tool for maybe a lot of dance parents to listen to, as well as a lot of maybe dancers who are kind of struggling with that college decision or unsure how they're going to continue with dance on into the real world. And this is so inspiring because now all three of us here sitting here are business owners that are linked into the dance world. And my story is a little different, which I'm sure if like podcast listeners have listened to our first few episodes and learned a little bit about me, but I also grew up in the competitive world. I'm now an active professional dancer and teacher, but I didn't go to college. And I, well, I did, but I didn't finish college. (laughs) And I wish back when I was 18 that I was as smart as you two and knew to go to school for something other than dance, but still danced on the side. And you guys were very fortunate because you were at college in New York City, practically. So, you know, you had access to Broadway Dance Center and Steps and Paradance and you know, the program at your school as well that you were also taking classes or, you know, all of that is right at your fingertips. And not a lot of dancers have that luxury, depending on where college, what college they go to around the country. But I wish that if I could go back in time 10 years ago and change 
my college choice, I would have gone to school for business. I think I never predicted in a million years that I would now be a business owner. And of course, you got to just jump right in and just, you know, go for it and figure it out, which is exactly what I did. And I'm still figuring it out. We all are always learning and growing as business owners. But it's so inspiring to hear that because I think a lot of parents, like mine even specifically, they were kind of like, you got to go to college. Like you have to go to college. You, you know, we support you when you, we love that you want to dance. But how are you going to make a living off of being a dancer? You know, it's, it's right. not, it's a scary thought. And I think a lot of parents feel that way as well. But to hear your two backgrounds and your stories to see that you did get to pursue your dreams, you did get to stay involved in the dance world, and now you're owning a business, a successful competition business that you all both grew up in the competition world. So it's like a full circle moment. And it's just really awesome to hear that you guys did that. And I'm very inspired by you both. Yeah, I think about that a lot because I remember back when I was 18 and having that conversation with my parents and you know, I, I wasn't set on going to college, but I knew they wanted me to. And, you know, like now I look back and I'm, I'm so grateful that I did because I learned, I did, I learned a lot of tools that I still apply to what we do every day. So it's like, I have like the passion and I have like my, my heart in my work, but then I also have, you know, that little toolbox that I check in with every day and I'm like, okay, like now I know what to do because of, you know, I have to credit it towards college and, you know, graduate school for that reason. So, yeah. It was my saving grace really going to Wagner as far as being so close to the city. Like you said, Courtney, mm-hmm. it gave me a chance to open my eyes to both passions because I always loved to be the leader of something. I felt like I had that in me to like take on that leading role and create and invent something that I loved. I didn't know exactly how to do that without being able to continue dance and love what I do with my dance career, but also have those tools and being opened up to me and that that ability to go to college and learn from these people. I think not only did I learn academically at college, but it really made me a better person, changed me for the better. You know, I was definitely in a little box growing up. And now I feel like because of college, I met so many wonderful and different people who, yes, they might have been dancers. Yes, they might have been business majors, but we all kind of connected. And they all still to this day, everyone in my life that I met at college really has changed me for the better. And I'm so fortunate for the people that I was surrounded by. But I also was fortunate that my parents made me go because I didn't (laughs) want to. I cried my eyes out. I kicked and screamed. Really, My dance career was over and I couldn't possibly see a world without me just auditioning and being a crazy little dancer in New York City. I couldn't see that world. And I think it was 100% my parents doing of being like, you have no choice. You're going to college and you are graduating and that's it. So I had to do it. I had to put my big girl, my big girl pants on and do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's very, very inspiring to hear that you look back and you're like, thank you, parents. Thank you for yeah. making me go to school. And I think that a lot of, especially like dancers and dance parents struggle with the idea of, do you have to major in dance to be able to continue to pursue dance? And you don't, you know, I would, and we're on the college talk for a split second, but like you can be a professional dancer without having a dance degree. Absolutely. Um, 
you can be a business owner without having a business degree. I'm a perfect example. (laughs) And I think that college is also another way for dancers to kind of navigate to how they can incorporate dance into another career choice, like arts administration that you were doing, Kelly, that, you know, you got to work with TV and film, like that's a whole nother element. Casting agencies, that's a whole nother side of the biz. There's like social media marketing now that's like a major in colleges that you can work for a dance competition and be their social media coordinator. You know, it's like, Uh, become a videographer for dance convention. There's so many outlets now that I think a lot of kids get stuck in the, well, do I go to school for dance? And it's like, you can still love dance and make that your passion in so many other ways in this industry. So absolutely, I think it's really awesome. I completely agree. Yeah, it's really inspiring to see you guys have been able to team up and make this dynamic duo a mm-hmm. fantastic competition that you guys are running so successfully and you're in you're going into your sixth season is that correct yes 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 that's so awesome i love mm-hmm. it Thank well you. we talked about college for a little minute and we did hear about how you guys met which was at college which is another awesome reason that you guys went <laughs> very <laughs> grateful that you guys went and met each other so I'm curious to kind of hear, you know, why did you go the competition route? I know you were kind of talking about, you know, maybe a studio or maybe a this or maybe a that or maybe a competition. What kind of really confirmed that, yes, let's make this competition happen? I think the flexibility of being able to not have to be at the same home base to get it started was one of the things that really stood out to Natalie and I because we lived about two hours away from each other. Oh, wow. So for us, it was more of like, how can we create something and be able to give 100% without having one of us move? Because Mm -hmm. essentially, if you're going to open up a studio, you have to live primarily close to the studio. Right. So instead of us finding a middle location for us, we were like, you know what? We've always dreamed of having something that we could be all in and something that was able to be at our fingertips. And with a dance competition, what's great is that, yes, we travel to the locations to be together for many times. We have different events and different things that we do together. But for the most part, we are a- we were able to start HD separately and have our meetings together, do our video chats, do our you know check-ins. But it gave us the ability to have more flexibility. And also, One thing I think stands out to us is that we are very family oriented and we absolutely cherish being able to make family events, be with our family, stay close to our family. So we weren't at, at in my opinion, I wasn't ready to uproot my life and just move somewhere. And Natalie wasn't ready to do that. And I think it was such a happy medium and all the things that we thought of our studio really came into play when we were constructing HD at the same time, thinking of which way we would go. Because a lot of the factors of HD are very performance-based, very, and we'll definitely talk into that later, I'm sure. But a lot of HD is about performance quality, is about giving that environment. So if we had a studio, it probably would be the same feel, lighting and conceptual feeling throughout the entire studio, you know, our studio. So for us, I think it was more of that flexibility and location I know for me, that's one thing that always rang, you know, stayed true in my, in my life about having that flexibility to be able to be a hundred percent all in, but not have to, to move and do all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just to go like a little bit deeper into that. So that was like, obviously like how the conversation first started when we really decided to go the competition route, um, versus the studio. 
I know like for me, when I always think back to like, why, why did we start a dance competition? I remember, like I said, growing up, I started competing at, I think it was like eight years old. I was, I competed until I was about 15, 16. And then, like I said before, I was choreographing after college for about 11 years. And for me, I had been to so many different dance competitions and had so many different experiences that I shared with my dancers and my team. And then when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, okay, like Kelly and I wanted to create what we could have always brought our dancers to. That's really like when I, when I tell our customers and clients that like, I really stand behind it because we essentially built the competition that I wish I could have brought my dancers to when I was on their side Mm -hmm. from start to finish. So that was just something, you know, where the groundwork started for us and that we made sure that we carried through. So that's still every time I walk into one of our events, I walk into our theater backstage, the the merchandise area in the lobby, I go, okay, yep, we did it. Yeah. Yeah. We always think about how we would feel if we were a studio attending our event. And we always say we take the positives of what we absolutely loved from our experiences. And we also take some of the negative that we had in our experiences being dance, being competitive dancers. So yeah, we really are, we put our heads together and we were like, okay, let's figure out a way to put our vision across and just hold true to what makes us special. And, you know, and essentially what would hopefully make HD special and come across to our customers. Yeah. So you know, about HD being special. Can you share some of the special qualities that HD has at your events? I know that something that kind of intrigues me and captivates me is your morning warm-up session that you offer to the dancers. I think that is so cool. I don't think anyone else does that. And I mean, how genius to offer for everybody to just Let's get warmed up together and be safe and and not just jump into our solo at 7 a.m. or whatever time it's at. Well, thank you so much for recognizing that, Courtney, because that's exactly what we're going for. (laughs) Like I said, it really is about the experience from the second you walk into a high demand dance competition event. So for us, I think it's important to give our dancers that opportunity. It's our way of supporting the their teachers and choreographers to make sure that they that they felt the floor, that they that they warmed up properly. I mean, that's how a professional would start before performance, before an audition. Yeah. So it's our way of encouraging the dancers and also supporting, like I said, their teachers and choreographers. Start the competition day like a professional would. Come onto the stage, feel the floor, warm up properly. Make sure you're not going to get injured. I can say that it happens when you least expect it. Just making sure that you know you're you're ready to go for that solo first thing in the morning. And then obviously, like I said, so we start the day with our stretch class. We also do our improv competitions at every regional event. So again, for us, that's our way of saying, you know, like, listen, if you want to go out into the real world, like this is, this is what you're going to be up against. You know, sometimes people are going to, I know Kelly has a great story of one of her first professional auditions when, you know, when you walk in a room and somebody just puts on music, you, you need to be able to move without just doing the tricks without leaping, without, you know, giving the judges an extension, like that movement quality is extremely important. So improv is another thing about HD that makes us some a little bit more unique. We also do our dance offs at every regional event. So like we like to say it's the excitement of a nationals, but at every regional level, like why wait to nationals to have that grand finale at the event? 
So we tell them, you know, this is like our, our entertainment challenge. We tell the judges, forget about your scores. Um, scores go out the window. Just tell us those numbers that you need to see again on our stage before this weekend is over to compete to be our, you know, our dance off winner of the weekend. Some other things, you know, we do a lot of continuing education scholarships. We always like to say we're, we're really big on continuing dance education. So we, we're currently working with, you know, we don't want to give out, give them all away, but you know, we have like Broadway Dance Center, we have Perry Dance Capizio Center, we have Hollywood Tour, <laughs> Vegas Tour. So we just really try to like focus on the customization at each and every event. And Court, I know you said about the stretch class. One of the things I love, not only for the kids to feel the floor, is that their ability to see what our stage feels like. Mm-hmm not just floor wise, we have a lot of lighting going on. And one of the cool things about HD that I feel brings that stage quality and really that professional feel for the children and the dancers is our lighting. Mm -hmm. We're able to, we uplight every single entry out of our nine color palettes that we give the studio directors as well as teachers the options to pick. Now, sometimes people pick based on costume alone. Or people pick on based on a vibe. It really is whatever they choose. It's not scored or anything like that. But it gives that quality, yeah. that, that essence that we like to, when you walk into my theater, you're going to see what HD is all about because our lights are going. Our globes like are just giving you that feel and that vibe of what the day is going to be like. So when those kids hit that stage for the stretch class, not only are they getting a stretch all together, uniting the dancers on stage so they don't feel like they're separate dance communities. They're all together because essentially dance is one place. Mm -hmm. So that's how we wanted to start the day off. We're all one. We're all going to dance. We're all going to stretch out these nerves. We're all going to shake it out and just get ready to do our thing. But then they look and they see all of our moving heads. They see our up lights. They see the colors switching and they get that sense of like, I'm here. I have arrived. And that's what's really cool about for me, the stretch class to start the day. And Natalie talked about the improv and all of that. Yeah, I want to hear this story. I need to hear this. So sad. So (laughs) I started my audition process, you know, so excited. I was so green, ready to go. And I was always the dancer. You give me what you want and I'll give it to you. You tell me however you want me to stand, whatever you want me to do, I will do. But you have to give me the counts and the choreography. I'm not going to do it on my own. That's how I was taught. Now, back in the day, most of us was ta- were taught like that. We never had improv. It, w- it was there, but it was not a tool that was used right. during classroom and things like that. So uh, I went on my audition. I was young. And I walked in. And I'm like, I'm totally going to get kept. I am perfect for this. I'm going to get kept. Well, he starts off at, you know, it was 7 a.m. I waited on the cattle call line. I was ready to go. <laughs> I get in. I have my number. You're going to improv for eight counts of eight. and then you're going to walk across the theater. And I looked around. I'm like, this is a joke, right? I'm not, <laughs> you're not going to make me improv this long. What's happening? You're going to give me choreography. Like my first, my mind yeah. was completely, completely blank when he was speaking. I was devastated. So I started to improv and I just kept looking around, watching these people lose themselves in music and be able to just let go of all of that intensity in their minds that hold them back from really exploring their own talents. So I kept looking around being like, wow, I am the worst one here. (laughs) And I can't believe that. My whole life, 
I worked so hard for this very moment and I am failing. So I walked across the stage. I got cut. I went home and I remember this so clearly. I put on music in my room and we all would dance around. I would jump around when I was younger, dance around, do my yes, thing. Yes, we but all, we that all did time that. time I danced in my room was so different from when I got home. I was crying. I was dancing. And I actually had a moment of like, oh, wow, this is the other side of dance that I have to explore. Yeah. And from that moment on, improv and being able to show you what I can do is my favorite like part of dance and moment that I take with me everywhere I go. And I feel like improv for us, yes, it's awesome when those kids hit the stage and they dance and they're having fun. But those moments that you catch a child letting go of their fear letting go of anything that holds them back from being able to dance by themselves. It's so cool to watch. And I cry. I'm a big crier. <laughs> so I cry when these kids are on stage. I see them using their stage like I have never seen before. Yeah. When I was younger, I didn't really necessarily think to use a trusting when I was dancing, if there was an uplight in it to showcase what I'm trying to portray to the judges. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think like that. I thought, am I on the right spot? Am I in my window? Right. So it's kind of cool when you see them use the up lights. I'm like, please don't step on them and please don't knock down over the truss. <laughs> but they use it and they, they walk across the stage with such confidence. So that is a really great part of improv that I'm happy to say at every regional, it's our favorite part because we let go and we are able to just take a deep breath all together and give that break of the day from the entries to have the kids kind of regroup and either you take on improv and that regroups you or you take a break and you go out and you relax and you watch your friends dance. So it's a complete supportive moment, which is really cool. And the dance off is the same feel as well. It's that fun vibe where like everyone kind of lets go of their, of their stress and the kids who get asked back the dancers and the, and the, and the routines, they actually dance better the second time Yeah, because they're like, Oh, you didn't even think about that lift. You just did it. Uh-huh. And it was just kind of, you know, watching that experience happen in every regional is super, super cool. And it's everything's organic, which Natalie and I strive for. We want that organic feel when you come to HD, we want to give you that vibe of this is who we are. This is what we do. I hope you're on board because when you come on board, you just have fun and you just let go. And that's the whole part of HD that I love, just letting go and being yourself for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm so inspired by this improv challenge and contest. Oh I God, mean, is, what, you want to come improv with us? I mean, <laughs> I improv. Ooh, I know a lot of us, some of us love it. Some of us hate it. And I'm sure every dancer is feeling the same. But it's like you said, Kelly, it's so important. It's such a, a, a skill that every dancer needs to know how to do. And I always support an improv challenge or competition because it really is like testing us in different styles of dance and genres. You know, I've seen like title competitions at other competitions that do like a little improv portion or something like that. And it's, it's always inspiring for me to see the dancers that want to try to stand out and be different. And they're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to put my tap shoes on and I'm going to do improv tap. And in a way, you know, it's just kind of like the judges remember like, oh, that ta- that one tapper, you know, out of everyone else who's probably doing aerials and backflips and yep. extensions and contemporary dance. It's refreshing to see something different. And I think that that in general is a nice skill to remember for all of the improvers out there who do participate in HD's 
portion of the improv contest or at any other competition that as judges, we don't want to just see the same thing over and over again from all of the contestants. Like that is your chance to shine and be unique in your improv. You know you best and you're showing us. I went to an audition actually last year and the we improv that was the audition and the choreographer said, show me your business card. That's how she kind of described it. You know, show me who you are. This is you. This is your business card in 30 seconds go. And that's really what improv is. So you have a few tricks up your sleeve that are like your go-to, but something that like for me personally as a judge, when I'm watching improv, I'm looking for someone that will connect to the music. You don't have to know the song at all. You might have never heard the song ever, but if it's the same song that the dancer is dancing to, like that's going before you, you're listening to the musicality of it. You're feeling the rhythm. You're feeling the groove. You're finding those accents to hit. That's always a smart improv dancer to me than someone that just runs around and does tricks the whole time. You know, there's, you know, and changing your style and vibe based on what the song is. So like you can still do contemporary if that's your forte to a jazz song, but still finding like the dynamics that make it special, you know, and this is all what's so cool about improv. I mean, I feel like improv just needs to be like a class in itself at at studios if they're not doing that because when we had when we actually had our one of our workshops, we uh, did a workshop for a couple of years. And one of our teachers He's very big on improv and Natalie can test for him. He's one of those people when he was younger, she taught him for a little bit. When he was younger, she would put on music and choreograph a whole thing with him. And then he would hit the stage and he would improv. Yeah. (laughs) So it's one of those things where it's so important because his classes were one of our, all of our dancers favorite. They would come up to us and say, he's so amazing because he focused on body movement and we really like stick to that when we had that class workshop because it was so cool and watching the kids go on the floor and act like a noodle and or yeah. do something where it was just different and unique for their bodies it's eye opening to see what you're able to do and what you need to work on yeah and another thing that's cool is like so for our improv competition obviously say for instance we had 50 dancers registered we would do rounds so like usually there's no more than like 15 on the stage at a time but what's really cool is like we could have on like you know some like hip hop song that everyone's used to hearing on the radio everybody knows it and then you know the record skips and then we have a contemporary song on. yeah yeah um, you know the next round we might throw a salsa song in there so it's really like no matter what your your forte is no matter if you're a contemporary dancer primarily a tap dancer you're going in there and no matter what music comes on like we say like we play the music like we play the music like you take the dance floor and just go like it's literally like a freestyle like yeah just let the music carry you away absolutely and i can't tell you in my 10 years of being a professional dancer how many times i've had to improv like I probably at every single audition, I think, you know, even if they teach you choreography, it's like four counts of eight, learn the choreography, you nailed it. Oh, don't forget improv at the end, show us your best you freestyle, you know, whatever it is. So these are important skills. I love hearing all these things. And I do think that they definitely connect to a stepping stone to become a professional dancer. Because even like the stage lighting, I mean, I don't really, I know that there are definitely competitions that have stage lighting like that, but there's not a lot of them. And I've, I think it's really cool that you have the option for your customers to be able to select that. I think that's I and the dancers are going to feel so awesome on stage with all the lights moving around and like matching the vibe because when you, you know, if you're doing concert dance or something like that, there's a whole tech process where you pick out your lighting and pick out the 
the different, you know, color palette that you want the vibe to be. And I think that's something that the competition world has been lacking. I remember it was just like those generic stage lights that are on and that's it. And that's all you get. And it. Yeah. And that's like what we say. That's what we tell our the studios that come to high demand is, you know, this is our way of letting you have artistic control. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can put together this amazing, you know, number and there's just that one thing missing is just like that, that same like whitewash on the stage that's for right. every entry. So it's just gives it, it again, it's not a part of the scoring or judging system. It's just a performance enhancement. Yeah. So it's our way of, you know, giving the choreographer that artistic control, bringing that different energy to the stage for the dancers. I just think it really like livens the place up. Totally does and helps the parents get through the day of watching routine after routine. So I'm so grateful to be able to work with you guys because HD is an IDA affiliated competition. So we do supply IDA judges to their events, which is really exciting. And this is our second year working together and it's been absolutely fabulous. I'm so glad we teamed up and I love working with you two ladies. So you guys have a bunch of dates coming up for the 2020 season in primarily the East Coast. Yeah, I know you guys are based out of New Jersey, like we mentioned. So you have some New Jersey dates, you have some New England dates, you have some trickling down into like the DMV area. Is that true? We do a couple of Jersey events, New York, PA, Maryland, Virginia, Connecticut. Yeah, so we have 10 regionals this season. Awesome. Um, And obviously our nationals. Yeah, we always like to say, you know, I guess we're a little bit more like a, a boutique competition. You know, we don't have like the 50 cities out there. But for us, that's just because we want to make sure that we're always there. So yeah, so we'll have 10 regionals for our 2020 season. Awesome. Cord, I do want to piggyback to us working with you. It was such an amazing experience last year. We really, every judge that you sent our way, we couldn't have loved any more than what we did. They totally took to what we are doing and their our vibe. We all connected. And this season, it was a no-brainer for us to say, you know what? You saved our lives last season with giving us a judge in a matter of two hours. Yeah. <laughs> we had a situation happen. I don't know how that happened us. still. I mean, we, we made it work. Like- you did. <laughs> and I remember I looked at Natalie and I said, if we weren't sure if we were going full on next season, I'm like, we're sure now. And that was the beginning of our season last yeah. year because it means so much to have that support. So it was incredible to work with you. It really was. And to continue to work with you because when we go to these events and, you know, we love divas and the fact that they used you and their, their judging is so unique. We knew that your process had to be more unique than others. And I know for, you know, Natalie and I, judging is so important to us and making sure that our message is getting delivered We know your process is super unique and we know that what we want our customers to receive is so important. And I feel like through you and through what we've gotten from your judges, it is important to them that they deliver their message correctly, that they inspire dancers and that that they're able to not only give them the tools that will make them get to the next level, but also give them that inspiring moment so they're not feeling deflated. That's our biggest thing. Like Natalie and I want everyone to learn from their judges critique. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to hear that negative, but also to hear that positive and mash it up together. So it delivers that message. And it's it's a good message. And it's a healthy message. And it makes you want to get out there and 
do better next time or change it up or do something that connects whatever was missing for that first time they saw it. But for the most part, I have to say, you know, judging for us, when we look for our judges, it really is a hard process because you want to make sure that that's a you that's a gigantic part of your competition that we hold to a very high standard. And working with you has relieved that pressure for Natalie and I finding that perfect fit because we're able to actually navigate through the plethora of options that you give us. And we do find a great fit and we loved everyone. So kudos to you, Court. Oh, thanks. You something wonderful that's missing in the industry. Yeah, <laughs> that that was the goal for sure. My goal is to help yeah. you as a competition director and owner to relieve that stress. Like you said, like that really yeah, was the goal. It's so true because like we always say like we, HD is, is our baby. You know what I mean? So we, we work so hard at it, 365 literally days a year. And if we walk into an event, it's kind of like we have to like release control and go, okay, yeah. it's kind of up to you guys now. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, our judges are extremely important because they are the ones driving the event. So yeah. Yeah. And like Natalie said, the reason why we have more of a boutique feel is primarily that because we're able to still be there and, and have our vision come across regardless if we give the control to other parties at the event, we're able to really be there and see how our event's going. And for us, a family vibe is what we love. Like I want everyone who comes to HD to walk away with something more than just an award. I want them to feel that energy. I want them to make new friends, support each other. Our staff is so fun and so vivacious and continues to support everyone throughout the event. So that's really important to us that yes, dance is competitive and yes, you will win or you will lose, but there's so much more that makes dance. And I've learned that you don't have to be the best. You have to love it and you have to pursue it with a passion. And that passion has to be coddled. And we're, that's why HD is created. We want to coddle your passion and get you to that next level. So you can pursue it professionally, or you just look back and say, wow, my competitive years were amazing. I had so much fun. And that's why we are doing what we're doing because I still get a chance to connect with those dancers every year and see them grow for our return customers and be able to have a hand in that process is super cool without being their studio director and being able to be on the other side. It's a wonderful thing. And we're just really lucky that we're able to do it. It's hard work, but you love it. So that's why we do it. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. To learn more about High Demand Dance Competition and to check out their upcoming 2020 tour dates, head to their website now at hddancecompetition.com. Do you have a question you've been dying to ask a judge? Now's your chance to send us your questions. We might answer them on the show and give you a shout out. Submit your questions to us on our website at www.impactdanceadjudicators.com slash podcast. Competition season is right around the corner. And if you want your dance critiques before you hit the stage this season, check out IDA's online judges critiques. Submit your video on our website now and receive personalized feedback straight from an IDA judge. You even have the option to request for additional feedback, where your judge will go into even more detail post-critique to help take your dance to the next level. Critiques start at only $30, and we are happy to offer all podcast listeners a special promo. 
Use the code PODCAST10 in all caps at checkout to receive 10% off your very first online critique. Head to our website now at impactdanceadjudicators.com slash online critiques to submit your video now. We can't wait to see your dance. If you liked what you heard on today's episode and want more, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. The more positive reviews we get, the more great content we can bring to you all about things dance competition. Head over to Apple Podcasts now to rate us and leave us a review. Make sure you like and subscribe to Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast, so you don't miss our upcoming episodes. Coming up in the next few weeks, we've got costumes, tap, and the January edition of Q&A with Courtney. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and tune in every Monday for new episodes. We're so glad you joined us for this episode of Making the Impact, a dance competition podcast. Thanks for tuning in.